Hello. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you will be encouraged and it builds your faith. Thanks for listening. Praise the Lord. I want you to know this morning our God is a healer. And He loves healing and touching His children. Praise the Lord. If you have your copy of God's Word this morning, for just a few minutes, I want to talk a little bit about healing. And uh, if you'll go to the book of Luke chapter 4, the book of Luke chapter 4, I want to read passage of Scripture there. And then I also want to read a passage of Scripture in the book of Mark chapter 1. And um, we can flip over there. I'm going to use uh, some Scripture this morning. And uh, if it might be good if you to write some of these healing scriptures down so that you can put them in the margins of your Bible. If you ever need to pray some healing scriptures, you can remember them and know where to find them as I give them to you this morning. Hallelujah. You know, uh, I love the testimony of God's healing. And uh, we have a friend, her name is Tina Smith, um, that is a part of our home church. In 1994, she was in the middle of having a nervous breakdown. She was actually having shock treatments on her body. She had several medications. When I say several, I'm not talking about five or six. I'm talking about, you know, 10 or 15 types of mental medications she was on. Uh, She had brittle bones. Uh, She had uh, a disease in the marrow of her bones, and so her bones were very brittle, and she had broken both her legs and was always breaking bones. And she was really just a mental mess. And uh, she got in a healing service and the Lord touched her and healed her, healed her whole body, put her right in her right mind and healed her. Today she's on no medications. She is in her right mind. She's married to a pastor and her, she, uh, God healed her bone marrow disease that she had. And she is living a full life uh, out of the fact that God touched her. And how many know God can, can do, in one moment, God can touch you and change everything? Amen? God can do that. And uh, I was just thinking this week as I was, as I was praying for this service and praying for folks, um, I told the folks on Thursday when me and Ron Grees would go visit people, in the hospital or in their homes, and we would leave to pray if they had a sickness or an ailment. Um, it, I would pray for them, and I could hear Ron, you know, as he was in agreement, he would always say, do it, Jesus, do it, Jesus, do it, Jesus. And that is just in my spirit here, and I'll always hear that echo and always remember that echo uh, of Ron as he would say, do it, Jesus. He even a couple times would say, do it again, Jesus. Do it again, Jesus. How many know Jesus will do it again if he needs to? And so he's faithful. The book of Luke chapter 4, I want to begin reading in verse 16 and read a few verses to you. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
And he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. To recover the sight to the blind. And to set liberty to those who are oppressed. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? Look with me to the book of Mark chapter 1. And I want to read a couple of verses here. Jesus here reading in the synagogue. Says the spirit of the Lord has anointed him to preach the gospel to the poor. That's to preach salvation. Said that he has appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That means God, he has been sent to heal. To proclaim liberty to the captives, that's freedom. And to recover sight to the blind, that's healing. To set liberty to those who are oppressed, that's freedom. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. In Mark chapter 1, let's look at verse 40. And now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be clean. I am willing, be clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was clean. Father, we love your word. You sent your word to heal us. And we just pray for a few minutes, God, that you will download the revelation of your healing into our hearts. God, we thank you in advance for what you're about to do in all of our lives. Thank you that you are the ultimate healer and that you are willing this morning to heal and willing to touch those who need a fresh touch from God. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Every Christian's desire should be to see people saved, healed, and set free. Discipled, equipped, empowered, and serving God. This is important because many churches today are trying to equip people and disciple people who are not saved or healed or even set free. In this passage of Scripture In the book of Luke chapter 4, we see where Jesus was healing. He preached the gospel, he healed the sick, and Jesus cast out devils. And so, if you're saved this morning, you've been healed in your spirit, but what about healing for your soul and for your body this morning? So we're going to talk about physical healing this morning, and we're also going to talk a little bit about emotional healing this morning. First of all, I want to talk about physical healing. What does the Bible say about healing? Does God want us healed or does he want us to remain sick? 
That is the question this morning. If I ask this question this morning to you, and by the showing of the hands, how many of you know someone who needs a physical healing this morning? You know someone just by the showing of your hands. That's many. Many of you. Let's read what the Bible says about healing. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26 says that if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in the sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you and I will have, I will have which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. For I am the Lord who heals you. Now this passage in the book of Exodus, this is a time God is not just saying what he does. God is revealing who he is. I am Jehovah Rapha. He's our healer. These, these, this is one of the names in which God uses to reveal himself in the Old Testament. God used these names. He said Jehovah Rapha. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the God that heals you. He also said, I'm Jehovah Nisi. I'm your banner that covers you and protects you. He's also Jehovah Jireh this morning, one who provides for you. He's also Jehovah Shalom this morning, one who gives you peace. And it just doesn't talk about what he does. It's who he is this morning. He is our healer this morning. He is our covering this morning. He is our provider this morning. And He is our peace this morning. He is declaring not just what He does, but who He is. And the reference is not referring to spiritual healing. This passage of Scripture, He's talking about sicknesses and disease. He said, I will put none of them on you. Exodus 23, 25 says... So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. I will take sickness away from the midst of you. In other words, it means take it away from your thought, from affecting your actions and your emotions. He will take sickness from the midst of us. He'll take it out of our lives, out from among our lives. How many know that sometimes when sickness hits our lives, that it consumes everything we do? If you've had experience with sicknesses, sometimes they affect your daily life all day long, all the time. I have a brother who battles migraine headaches. And when he gets migraines, he is, he is de he's debilitated all day long. It affects his ability to work. It affects his ability to function. And his migraines can last a day or two before they're gone. And sicknesses, the enemy wants to bring sicknesses into your midst so it dominates your thoughts and your emotions and dominates your life. But I'm here to tell you that we serve a God that will take sickness away from the midst of you. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 15, the Lord will take away from you all sickness and, and will afflict you with none of these terrible diseases. He'll afflict you with none of these terrible diseases. Psalms 103, verses 2 and 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, 
and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. Let me read that again. He forgives all your iniquities and who heals all your diseases this morning. Let me ask you this question. Do you believe that he forgives all your iniquities? How many believe God forgives all your sins this morning? So why would we believe the first part of that verse and not believe the second part of that verse? Why would we believe part of that verse and not the second part? Isaiah 53, 4 says, Surely he has bore our griefs. That word 20 out of 24 times in the Old Testament translates sickness. He has bore our griefs, our sicknesses, and carried our sorrows or our infirmities. The New Testament You say, well, pastor, you're giving all these Old Testament verses. Well, let me give you a New Testament verse. This is actually quoted in the New Testament in the book of Matthew chapter 8 and verse 16. When the evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirit with a word and healed all who were sick. And the scripture says that he healed, that it quoted The book of Psalms 103, he who forgives all of our iniquities, he also heals all of our diseases this morning. Thank God that he he bore our sickness. He bore our diseases. In other words, he, he bore them so that we didn't have to carry them. How many are glad you don't have to carry your sickness this morning? Matthew 4, verses 23 and 24, the Bible says, And Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness, all kinds of disease among the people. And then his fame went through all of Syria, and they brought him all sick people who were afflicted. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among them. And and he went into Syria and they brought all the sick that were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them, various diseases and torments, those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, and paralytics, He healed them. Jesus healed them, the Bible says. And then Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 tells us in the New Testament, Jesus Christ is what? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many know he never changes? How many know the Bible's a one-book book? He healed in the Old Testament. He healed in the New Testament. And just let me testify, he heals today also. Hallelujah. He is our healer. He is our healer. God doesn't change. You know, Jesus was not a sensationalist. He never healed just to draw attention. Many times Jesus would heal in the scripture and he would tell those whom he healed, he'd say, don't don't tell anyone. Has that ever, ever kind of, you know, 
Like, you ever wondered why Jesus said that? Like, go and tell no one that you were healed. We all know they all did. And, <laughs> but Jesus said, tell no one. Some scholars believe because it, Jesus felt it wasn't his time to be, he did not want to draw attention to him at that time, and at times it did draw attention to him. He was not a sensationalist. He did not, there is a theology out there that teaches that Jesus healed so that he could prove that he was the Messiah. And that was the reason why he healed. Jesus did not heal because he was the Messiah. He, because he wanted to prove that he was the Messiah. Jesus healed because he loved people. That's why Jesus healed. He preached the gospel to those who needed salvation. He preached healing to those that needed to be healed. And he preached freedom to those that were in bondage. And so when I read, you know, a lot of times when I read scriptures on healing and when you preach on healing, sometimes you feel somewhat of a resistance in the room when you preach those healing scriptures. Sometimes you feel the resistance of that and, and, and you feel folks going, well, I don't know if I quite believe all of that or, you know, how they, you know, People get resistance to that type of teaching. And uh, all I did was read the Bible. And you could feel that rise up in some people. But I think some of that is because of tradition sometimes. Because there have been those who have... uh, There's been some integrity issues as far as when it comes to healing. Because there's been those who exercise or believe in healing, who have taken advantage of that, and some excesses have come through people who believe in physical healing. There are those who have taken excesses. Physical healing, uh, they have taken excesses, and you know we need to address those, some of those this morning because there are those out there who says that... Um, There's the excess that God heals everybody. God heals everybody. And then there's those out there that says that God doesn't heal today or God doesn't heal nobody. Those are two excesses. God doesn't heal everybody. And there's some people who haven't received their healing. It doesn't mean that God won't. And then there are those out there that says that God doesn't heal today. Well, you got to me too late. I've seen too much already to believe that God doesn't heal today. Matter of fact, if you're born again, you're a miracle this morning. And the fact that God healed you and brought you out of your mess. Hallelujah. But there are two specific excesses I want to deal with this morning to help you this morning so that it positions you to receive from God this morning. One is... One of lie is this, or excess is this. God can kill everyone, but everyone, everyone, but he chooses whom he wills. He chooses to heal a few people, but doesn't choose to heal other people. The problem with that is, is that that places blame on God if someone doesn't get their healing. 
Lord, I prayed for you to heal my loved one, and you didn't heal them. You healed their loved one, but you didn't heal my loved one. And what that does is it puts blame on God. That the reason people don't get healed is because of God. And so it's easy to blame God. The second access is this. God has already healed everyone through the cross. If you have enough faith, you can receive your healing. And if you don't get healed, then you don't have enough faith. Now that puts the blame on you. In other words, your faith is not strong enough or good enough. Can I just tell you, blame is not from God. Blame is from the devil. Blame and shame and condemnation came into this world with the fall of Adam. It even began in the garden, right? What did Adam do? He blamed the woman. Lord, this woman you gave me, right? Explaining to God, it's this woman you gave me, God. It's why it's it's why all this is why I ate the apple. <laughs> and what the woman say? The devil did it. The devil did. The answer is the reason why not everybody gets healed is because we live in a fallen world, and some always want to blame God. I mean. Some folks will blame God for everything. They get a flat tire on the way to work, and it's just God. He's messing their life up. God, you're always mean to me. God, you always do this to me. Or they say, well, I didn't have devotion with you this morning, God, so you're paying me back because I didn't have devotion this morning. And so they blame themselves. The truth is we live in a natural world, and there was a nail in the road. That's why you got a flat. (laughs) But there are many scriptures in the Bible that combine forgiveness of sin and healing of sickness. Now, we don't have time to go through it all. I read it to you in Psalms 103, verses 2 and 3. 1 Peter 2.24 says this, He bore our sin on the tree or the cross, And it's by whose stripes we have been healed. In other words, by his stripes we have been healed. See, it's like this. We live in a fallen world. And because of that, when you got saved, you were born again. Is that not right? But do you still sin? You do, right? Why? Because even though your spirit has been touched by God, your your body's still, you're still not perfect yet. You're not perfected yet. There's a one day when you will be. And it's the same way with our physical bodies. Our spirit has been renewed, but the fact is we've not been made perfect in our bodies and our souls yet, so we still get sick. But it doesn't mean that God doesn't heal because you get sick. But God is a healer this morning, and he heals. He physically heals. Number two, God emotionally heals. In that passage of Scripture that I read in in Luke 4, it says that he heals the brokenhearted. That's our emotions this morning. He set at liberty those who are oppressed. He sets at liberty 
Those who are oppressed. He frees those who are oppressed. That word oppressed means to be bruised. To be bruised. To be wounded in the heart. And so some of us need emotional healing this morning. Past wounds can hold you in bondage. Do you believe that this morning? Past wounds can hold us in bondage. We can be broken hearted. Most all of us this morning have experienced the emotion of having a broken heart. We've all experienced it. Maybe some of us have experienced it through romance, through the breaking of a marriage. Some of us have experienced it through family or through uh, the broken heart of a parent or a child or a sibling in relationships. Some of us have experienced the broken heart of broken friendships or the broken heart of harsh words that people have said to us or our loved ones that are going away from God. Tragedy and disappointment. Disappointment can cause heartbreak. I didn't get that job. I didn't get, I didn't get that new house. I didn't get my career. I, I didn't get breakthrough in my finances. And disappointment and tragedy in our lives can bring heartbreak to our lives. But the good news is that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted this morning. I think one of the harshest words in the English language, and some of you have heard people say when you've had emotional trauma in your life, when people will say to you, well, just get over it. How many know you just can't just get over it? Just get over it. Just, just let it go. I'm here to tell you that Jesus didn't die so that we could just cope with it. He died so that we can be healed from it. And there are some people Jesus can do what others couldn't do. How many know Jesus can do sometimes what medication can't do? What psychologists can't do? What doctors can't do? But in that scripture, what it's revealing to us is that hurt can bring us to a place of bondage. It can bring us to that place of bondage. And so with hurt sometimes comes the feeling of being rejected. One of the responses of, of hurt is the feeling of being rejected. And when people are rejected, they, they, they'll manifest one of two ways. One, we try to control people so we won't be rejected, so they won't re- no one will reject us anymore, which actually causes them to reject us. People become controlling and manipulating. So we either, through a wounded or hurt heart, we, be, we feel rejection. All of us feel rejection. And our response is either to control everything around us. I've got to manage all my relationships. I am not going to let no one hurt me anymore. And so we control everything. Or we become people pleasers. And so in order to not be rejected... We please try to please everybody. How many know you can't please everybody? Not everybody's always is going to be pleased with you. 
And so here's what's interesting. I was reading a book not too long ago by uh, Minner and Myrath. I don't know if you've, you, you know them, the Minner and Myrath Clinic. Uh, I think they're in Atlanta. They have a book on inner healing. And I was reading it uh, uh, in prep for speaking with someone. And I read that people pleasers and manipulators and people who want the control usually marry one another. And it was interesting. Many, most marriages can be healed if they'll just let God heal them emotionally. A lot of healing can come if we'll just let God heal us emotionally and to touch our lives. Because many need emotional healing. I'm going to give you some ways to know if you are emotionally hurt. And some of them might make you laugh a little bit. You may go, ha, 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 and that's me. <laughs> because first of all, you may be emotionally hurt and need healing if when someone points something out, you become defensive at what they point out in your life. In other words, if they say, hey, you know, I noticed that you, you know, I noticed this about your life. One of the great responses is, so do you. You're this way, and people will respond, well, well so do you. They deflect the focus. In other words, as soon as someone wants to touch it, we don't want to focus on it. We were broken. You know, when we have a broken bone, if someone pushes on it, you ever, go to the, you ever go to the doctor and you have a hurt or broken bone and the doctor will start feeling around it and he'll say, does this hurt? Yes, it hurts. It's broken. <laughs> All your medical training brought you to that. <laughs> and that's how emotionally you know that you're hurt if someone puts their finger in an area of your life and you respond with, with rejection or, or respond with not receiving that. Don't let no one touch it. Let's not go there. Let's not go to that part of my life, that broken area. Let's not deal with it. Let's not confront it. Sometimes, you know, people are emotionally hurt when people remind them of things. You, you, you ever had people say to you, well, don't forget to do this or don't forget to do that, and your response is, I know, I know. Quit telling me, I know. Huh. I mean, that is a sign that somewhere along the line somebody has ridiculed you to the place to where now your emotional response is, I know, I know. And that hurts. It's an area of bondage. And you just can't just let a bone heal. In order for that bone to heal, what does it do? You have to have it set, right? That bone has to be set. It just doesn't, you just don't get over it. Ah, you broke your leg. Yeah, get over it. That thing has to be set. In other words, did you all know God has designed our bodies to heal themselves? 
But for it to begin to heal ourselves, we have to put it back into alignment, right? We have to put that emotion back into alignment. We have to put that emotional hurt and brokenness back into alignment in our, in our lives. That inner healing needs to take place. I speak of this because I know a lot about this. Some of us, all of us at times will need inner healing. I remember years ago when we were in between churches and we were attending a church and I personally was going through some things personally, emotionally, more so than anything. And we was in a healing meeting and there was a prophet there and uh, I can't remember what his name was. And, uh, but he was there, and they, they were praying for the sick. They were praying for different people. And, uh, and he came over to me, and this is what he said. He began to tell the story of a memory that was in my life. My wife will tell you it was to the T. He began to tell this story. And the story he began to tell was, when I was six years old, I was in church with my grandmother, and I was in children's church, and for no reason, I just began to weep and to cry. And in that, in that, in that service, and in that morning, and he began to call that out as an area of wound in my life. And now, when he pulled that to the front, I began to think about what all that was about. At six years old, having gone through a lot of the child trauma that I had walked through, in my life through the divorce of my parents, through the abandonment of my mother, through many of the traumas that I had to walk through as an early young child. My mother would pick up and leave for days and leave me home with my older brother who was five years older than me and, and leave us there alone for days with no food. Power would go out sometimes. I fell out of a treehouse one time and broke my collarbone, and I laid in the bed for two days. My brother didn't know what to do, and I couldn't even go to the bathroom. I had to defecate on myself until finally my mother came home from a binge or her drunken binge or running around all that she did. And when I was six years old, it was like all of that trauma came on me emotionally in that moment. And in that service, I remembered that that was something that I had to deal with in my life. And that day, I believe God touched me and emotionally healed me in a powerful way. And some of us, some of the breakthrough you need this morning is that some of you need to work through some emotional trauma and emotional that has happened in your life. You need an inner healing so that you can go on with the best of what God has for you. But what has God put his finger on in your life before that you've said, don't touch, or you've responded? Many of you have been browbeat by people. You've not been good enough. You've never lived up to the expectation. And you walk around and you carry that wound all the time that you never measure up. You'll never be anything because you hear the voice of that voice in the background always tearing you down, always bringing you down to a place of 
depression. You know, God heals in three ways. God heals naturally. God has designed our bodies to heal naturally. We all know that. Have you ever cut your finger? Well, your body has the ability at times to heal itself naturally. God heals us medically. Is that not right? Anybody here ever had stitches? Anybody ever had a broken bone? You're some messed up people. (laughs) Anybody had minor surgery? Major surgery? Cosmetic surgery? No, I'm just teasing. (laughs) Don't lift your hands on that. (laughs) God will heal medically. God also heals miraculously. God heals miraculously. The Bible tells us that Jesus was the great physician, the scripture teaches. And I read you that passage in Mark chapter 1, verse 40, where Jesus heals the leper. And Jesus heals him. Jesus was a great physician. Jesus was a teacher. Jesus was a servant. He was a shepherd. But he was also a great physician. And there's something interesting about that verse that we see in the healing of that leper. And it's found in verse 41, where it says, And Jesus, when he saw the leper, he was what? He was moved with compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion. Why is Jesus a great physician? He's a great physician this morning because Jesus loves people. Jesus loves people. He was moved with compassion. He was not trying to prove that he was just the Messiah. He was being the Messiah. He was being who he was, which was God. He healed because he healed. We know he was the Messiah. He wasn't a sensationalist. We also know that Jesus was not a dispensationalist. Because people who say that Jesus don't heal today say that after Jesus left this earth, after three years of healing, that all healing stopped. I'm here to tell you that Jesus still heals today. We know that through the I am statements, he said this, I am the Lord who heals you. And just because Jesus, after three years of, three and a half years of ministry, If healing, his healing stopped, but did he stop being a shepherd? No. Did did he stop being the door to salvation? Did he stop being the way, the truth, and the life? By no means was he. Luke chapter 4 and verse 40 says, And when the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick and various diseases brought to him, And he laid his hands on them and he healed them. Luke chapter 6, verses 17 and 19 through 19. Then the disciples of John reported to him concerning all these things. And John called two of his disciples to him and sent them to Jesus saying, "Are, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? Jesus is our healer. And I want to close with this this morning. Two questions. Why is Jesus a great physician? Because 
Because he loved people. The second question is this. Is it his will to heal? Is it his will to heal this morning? If you look at Mark and look at that verses in verse 40, and the leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If you are willing. He didn't say, if you can. He didn't say, if you're capable. He said, are you willing? Are you willing? None of us doubt that he can heal this morning. Lord, if thy will, in verse 41, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I am willing. 2 Peter 3.9 says, Jesus not willing that any should perish, but all come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The will, the word will there means desire. If you are willing, is it your desire It's God's desire that all men come to Christ. It's his desire that all men come to the knowledge of Jesus. It's God's desire that all people are healed. You say, well, you know, sometimes healing, we don't hear about, is there healing going on today? Well, we don't hear about all of it. We live in a vast world. We don't hear about all healing. The fact is, sometimes healing doesn't happen because we live in a fallen world. A lot of us are too intelligent to receive healing. We know more than God knows. I've often been baffled why poor countries sometimes experience more miracles and healings than we do here in America or in our Western world. I look at it like this, they have no other choice but to trust God. When you don't have doctors or medicine to lean to and God's all you got, some of you have come to the place when God is all you got. Some of you have been healed because God was all you had. The doctors ran out of possibilities and answers, but God himself came through and touched your life. But this leper, lepers lived in colonies. They traveled together and lived in colonies. But this leper takes a chance. And when the Bible says that he touched this leper, it's interesting because the word in Greek means that he didn't just reach out and touch him with his hand. It means that he embraced him. He hugged him. He embraced him. He didn't just touch him to be healed. Jesus was moved with compassion and he reached down and he embraced him and hugged him. That was a no-no according to the law because according to the principles of the Old Testament, if you touch someone or hug someone who was unclean, that made you unclean. But let me say this, the principles of the new covenant is this. I can tell you the clean that was in Jesus was much stronger than the unclean that was in him. And I'm here to tell you the clean that is in Jesus is much stronger than the unclean that is in you this morning. In the new covenant, the old covenant, 
The unclean made the clean unclean. But in the new covenant, the clean makes the unclean clean. How many are thankful for the blood of Jesus that makes us clean this morning? He has the ability to heal our diseases. Heal us this morning. Heal us of our our diseases. He wants to embrace us this morning. Not just formally touch us. He wants to embrace us this morning. So that the clean in Him can be stronger than the unclean that is in us. The second question is, is He willing to heal me? Is He willing to heal me? Some of you would say, is He willing to heal somebody like me? Maybe you don't feel worthy to be healed this morning. You say, well, I don't deserve healing because I don't read and pray every day. I lose my temper every once in a while. I thought I'd be farther along in God by now. In other words, we feel less deserving. Do you all know that grace is for the less deserving? His grace is for the less deserving. I know this, the Bible tells us that we're saved by grace through faith, right? We're saved by grace through faith. When we were were unsaved and unclean, we found grace in God and salvation in His grace. That's how you receive healing. You receive healing by His grace through faith in Christ Jesus. The same way that you came to Christ is the same way that you receive your healing. It's by faith in Jesus Christ. I went through during these 21 days and I read every healing in the Gospels. I read everyone that Jesus healed throughout the Gospels or everyone that got healed in the Gospels. And I read every story. And I found a common thread. You say, well, what was the common thread that allowed each of them to be healed? Was it faith? Nope. Here was the common thread of every story of the Gospels. Every thread. The thing that was predominant in every one of them was the fact that they were all sick. And that they needed healing. That was the common thread. The common thread this morning is is that if you're sick this morning, is that you're sick. You don't have to drum up enough faith. It's by grace through faith we're saved and also you're healed this morning. Just come and receive through His grace this morning. Receive emotional healing through His grace this morning. Receive physical healing through His grace this morning. Because I'm here to tell you, God wants to heal you this morning. God wants to heal. It's His desire to heal us this morning. Thank you for joining us for River Valley Community Church's podcast. If you feel led to give, you can click on the donation link in the description or visit our website at rivervalleymadison.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.